I will try and interrupt you if you make it difficult to edit. Because I find that amusing. Now, you see how I timed that? It just she was taking a drink. You know, I do have controls and I can put you on mute. Can we find our way out of this uh, maze of rabbit trails? Embrace the rabbit trail. So, I'm sorry my that my interview has put your butt to sleep. <laughs> You're listening to the Lasers, Dragons, and Keyboards podcast, featuring interviews with your favorite speculative fiction authors. We'll be discussing their books, their fandoms, and their writing processes. So sit back and enjoy another exciting episode with your hosts, Aaron, Josh, and Liberty. Welcome to episode 32 of Lasers, Dragons, and Keyboards. I'm Liberty Spidell, and we have today with us Kessie Carroll, or K.M. Carroll, depending on whether you know her personally or if you're looking for her books. We have a really fun time and a really brief time with her on uh, her writing process today. Uh, so the meat of it is we talk about overly suggestive book titles on outlining. I wonder what that one is. We also talk about dealing with writer's block and why it may be happening. Kessie talks about her ideal chai latte as well as her ideal hot chocolate. And some research she had to do on how a city might respond to a zombie apocalypse. Uh, briefly, it came up that E-Reader News Today and Pixel of Ink have both gone belly up, which is probably old news to you if uh, you have been paying attention to the news. And if you're listening to this in like 2018, you're probably wondering what the heck those were. Uh, but they were E-Reader sites that did free giveaways and uh, they are no more, sadly. Uh, we also have a very unusual answer from Cassie to our fandom questions. So you'll have to tune in and hear what that one is. And Cassie uh, talks about how readers sometimes read more deeply into your books than what you originally intended. So that's pretty, pretty interesting. Um, so there's a lot in here it's really meaty it's very short but it's very meaty at the same time so i hope you'll get something good out of that and cassie was just wonderful to talk to and i am so glad we were able to do it uh this week if you're listening when the feed goes live uh aaron is at realm makers several of our guests from uh this past uh seven months that we've been on the air they are also going to be at Realm Makers, so look them up and say hi if you haven't done so already. Um, I know that they would be thrilled to know that you heard them on the show. So, without further ado, here's Cassie. Welcome back to Lasers, Dragons, and Keyboard. We are here with Kessie Carroll, and we'll be talking about her writing process in this part of the podcast. So thanks for hanging out with us again, Kessie. All right. It's my pleasure. That's your pleasure. Kessie, are you a plotter or... Aaron? Hush. <laughs> Kessie, are you a plotter or a pantser? Or are you a hybrid? Well, I used to pants everything, but if I plot, that means I can crank out books faster, 
Mm -hmm. So I'm always refining my technique. And last year, I found the book called Take Off Your Pants by <laughs> Libby, Libby Hawker. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's a... Be careful Googling that, everybody. <laughs> That's why you have to put in the, the author name, not just Take Off Your Pants title. Yeah, make sure that link from our show notes and let, Google, let Liberty be uh, dragged away by the cops. <laughs> Especially be careful looking for it on Amazon. So, um, anyway, so I used the outlining technique in that book, and I wrote three books in four months. Oh wow! wow. I mean, we're talking fast. I was doing my own personal NaNoWriMo every month, and you can't believe how fast hmm. this outlining goes. Wow! And so. how long are your books? Um, they're about 50,000 words, so they're not excessively long, but they, they is to really speeds things up. Right, mm. yeah, definitely. All right, and what exactly does your writing process look like? Um, I spend a couple of weeks brainstorming and outlining. The, uh, the, the pants outline, it builds the story out of character arc, theme, and pacing, and you also build your story core. Um, it takes a while to build all that. But once you do, you can write it, like, as fast as you can possibly go. Hmm. Interesting. And since it's just, and since it's just the character arc, I mean, that, you know, that's the, the meat of the story right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have you, uh, have, have you read uh, K.M. Whalen or Wyland's books on structuring and outlining? Uh, no, but I've read James Scott Bell's books on structuring and outlining. Okay. Okay. Sounds maybe a lot more streamlined than her process, but relatively well, similar. Uh, well, Libby Hawker uses basically Save the Cat, which okay. was for screenplays, and she just took the same process and applied it to novels. Okay. So I mean, everybody uses the, uh, basically the same process. It's the hero's the hero's journey. Mm -hmm. Yep. Just just once you break down all the beats, you can turn it into any any story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, if you're doing your own NaNoWriMo almost every month, how long does it take you to actually finish your draft? Is it like four weeks then? Or? Um, a month to six weeks, okay. depending on the story. Um, for a story that I've outlined really, really well, it'll only take me a month. Okay. But like, um, I wrote the, the next two books for uh, my Malevolent, series the the paranormal romance book two mm. was smooth sailing book three i chewed on that sucker and i chewed on that sucker it took me like six or seven weeks even with the really good outline because it would not work mm -hmm. huh so i don't know how many rewrites it's going to take to get it publishable mm -hmm. the first draft is done yay, yay. <laughs> fun part's done and the editing. Yeah, I haven't even looked at it a second time, so I don't even know how bad it is. <laughs> it's probably better than you expect. I'm hoping. Yeah. I know book two was fine. Book two worked really good. Book three, though, I don't know. Sometimes that happens. So uh, you mentioned uh, some of this in part one of one of the podcasts, but uh, what writing software do you prefer? Um, I just use 
uh, well, I write on my iPod, and so the app that I use is just Documents by Savvy Soda, because it was like the most bare bones free uh, text editor I could find on <laughs> App Store. So there may be other ones now. Well, that's, not, that's not true. The most bare bones one is anyway Notes. <laughs> that's true, but Notes won't connect to Dropbox, and I needed something that would connect to Dropbox. Yeah. And then. Uh, on my PC, I just use OpenOffice for editing and formatting because I haven't had MS Word in several computers. Okay. And, you know, I'm cheap. I use the, the free tools. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. So. Yeah. Everybody uses Scrivener and you know, fancy tools. And it's like, you know, I use free stuff. Scrivener's still cheaper than an Office. Yeah. That's uh -huh. true. So, and where yeah. do you go to edit? Do you, have to you do that. all the stuff editing? Where do you go to edit? Do you do any self-editing or armed out to a little army of unpaid volunteers, pay somebody? How does that work for you? Uh, well, I self-edit first. Self-editing makes paid editing cheaper. Because mm -hmm. um, the, you know, the cleaner you can get that draft, the less they have to do and the less they're going to charge you. So um, mm -hmm. I've used several different editors. Um, I'll trade services with other writers for edits sometimes because I make book, book covers. And so a lot of times I can make a book cover for somebody and they'll, you know, edit my book. Nice. Um, I've paid for editing um, different people, different editors I've tried. Um, I mean, it just depends on each book because some books are I can crank them out really clean. And some mm -hmm. books are just a horrific mess and require more editing. Yeah. Yeah. But I know how yeah, I always try to get other I try to get other eyeballs on it. The more, the better. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So I have my beta readers too. Yeah. Beta readers are always fun. So how do you deal with writer's block, or do you even get it? Uh, for me, writer's block is a warning sign that something has gone wrong in the story. Because hmm. I'll be like, you know, sitting down to write and I don't want to write. And then so I have to ask myself, why don't I want to write this? What's gone wrong in the scene that I don't want to write it? And um, usually it's that I've got my characters acting out of character or the plot has gone off the rails or something like that. And I can usually fix it by rereading what I've got of the story and readjusting the part where it went wrong. Okay. Um, you know, this character is, you know, they're, they're too mean in this scene or this, you know, why did he say that? He would never say that, you know, something like that. <laughs> um, but using the, the take off your pants outlining method, it usually will show me the trouble spots early on. And That's it's way easier. <laughs> It's easier to fix a few hundred words in your outline than it is a few thousand words in your story. Okay. So I'll, I'll hash stuff out in the outline, and right. again, it helps you write really fast if you know you've already smoothed out all the trouble spots. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So when you write, uh, what snacks or beverages are must-haves? Um, I like high tea with heavy whipping cream and honey. Huh. I have not tried chai with honey. Interesting. 
Oh, I love it. Big old scoop of honey. And then the heavy whipping cream, it turns it into like a food group. <laughs> okay, now I'm, I know what I'm going to be buying at the grocery store this weekend. Huh. <laughs> yeah, man. And um, I also like hot chocolate made with just water and cocoa and honey and cream. Okay. I call it my Aztec chocolate, except it doesn't have human blood in it. So, you know, I, I, I'm a vegetarian. Yeah, I don't put hot reason. chilies in either. Uh, I don't really like the hot chilies. So. Oh. I know, right? Come on, I'm a Minnesotan and I like the hot stuff. You're Arizona and you should. <laughs> in your hot chocolate, though? <laughs> uh, occasionally. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm not that adventurous. I'm not Aztec, see? Maybe if I was Aztec, my, my taste would be different. Maybe. Fair. <laughs> Maybe. What's the weirdest thing you've ever Googled? I don't know. I had to go look at my Google history. Um, <laughs> okay, so my last two hey, searches... Me dangerous. My last two searches are how to build a magic system, and how to make strawberry jam without pectin. Huh. <laughs> okay. All so, on the line. Um, well, and so, like, for Magic Weaver, I really studied... Strawberry syrup. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, so for Magic Weaver, I really studied a lot of hand looms and weaving. And uh, I also really studied zombies. That's okay. not for Magic Weaver. <laughs> That's uh, for malevolent. <laughs> Nice. You know, how would the zombie apocalypse work? And if there was a zombie apocalypse, how would the cities respond? I mean, is there any kind of uh, defenses they could put into place? Do they close the roads? Uh, what does the CDC do in case of a zombie apocalypse? I had to know these things. <laughs> nice. Another reason why I'm afraid to go back to that third book. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. So what do your marketing practices look like? Oh, marketing. I'm so lazy. Um, I mostly just do those book newsletters, like uh, Awesome Gang and its whole group. Um, I have pretty good luck with BookZio, and there's so many of them. Uh, BookBuddy, they collect the uh, book newsletters, and they rate them by their sales made, their return on investment, their Alexa rating, and all that stuff, and you just pay a buck for the research. Mm -hmm. And someday, I hope... To land BookBub, but they're kind of expensive, and I probably have more like landing like Bargain Booksy or somebody like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, have you heard that they've been changing some of that stuff? And a couple of those, like I think Pixel of Ink, went out of business. And the e-reader news today, because mm-hmm. Amazon killed their affiliate uh, stuff. Yeah. They were making too much money. Apparently. So. So we're yeah, all just kind of waiting for those guys to all go belly up. Yeah, I heard about Pixel of Ink today, so... Eh. Yeah, I just heard about e-reader news today. Today. Yeah, those were pretty big sites, too. Mm-hmm. They were one of the good ones. Yeah, they were. So everybody's pretty much just waiting for, like, HarperCollins to buy Book Club, the way they bought the Midlist. Yeah. Oh, well. Might be Goodreads, too. You never know. Well, Goodreads is already owned by Amazon. Yeah, but they 
There's something about Goodreads having their own list or something. Oh, huh. I'll have to look into that one. Yeah, I heard so somebody got my book off of Goodreads for free, and I'm like, I didn't give that away for free. I don't know where you got it, but okay. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, well, just because Goodreads is owned by Amazon doesn't mean they're safe. Yeah. What well, I've heard it? that... There was this really awesome um, EPA reading software for the iPhone that I can't remember the name of anymore. And Amazon bought them and killed them. Mm, that's too bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm was, hearing that uh, people are having good luck with reading. Facebook ads. Yep. Yeah. Yep, some are. Uh, but that's scary to me because you have to spend so much money figuring out how to tune your ads. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I've been running one uh, the last eight, nine days, and yeah, I'm not thrilled with the money out that I'm outlaying, but so far the results have been pretty good, so. That's good. I mean, yeah. I, I'm doing it for a free giveaway on Story Cartel, which mm -hmm. by the time this releases will be long over, but um, yeah, it, it's, I've had decent results, so I guess we'll see. Yeah, just have to it's see. Just, I haven't, I haven't really done the really big ads yet. Um, I'm still Wait. kind of like circling. Yeah, I'm you have timid. to spend like five bucks a day, which, you know, you can, you know, do a day or two here and a day or two there, and it and it adds up, of course. But um, yeah, you can at Ouch. least play with it a little bit. So yeah, I know there's there's whole web seminars on how to make them work. Mm -hmm. Mark Dawson so, has them. Some stuff. Some yeah. Of stuff is free and some of it's paid, but someday I'm gonna get educated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now for something completely different. <laughs> um, what fandoms have influenced or inspired your work? Um. Well, I started out writing in the Sonic the Hedgehog fandom. Huh. And. Um, it's a it's a science fantasy universe because on one side you have evil robots and on the other side you have magic and um, I've never really gotten away from that. I really love the dichotomy between science and magic. You know, kind of like Cat mm -hmm. Heckenbach, how she's got her science and her magic, and I just kind of like take it to an extreme. Though I mean, I have giant robots powered by magic, so yeah. Um, what? <laughs> Yeah, you meet them in Magic Weaver. They're called the Unrossi. Anyway, um, and so, you know, I wrote Sonic for, like, all of my teens. And then when I found Diana Wynne-Jones, though, she showed me how to write magic in real life. What that looks like if, you know, you have, you know, you're a kid with homework and a mom, dad, and a sister who bugs you and everything, and then you throw magic into the mix. and I mean, Harry Potter's fun, but all of Harry Potter takes place in school. And Diana Wynne-Jones shows you what it looks like at home. Mm. Kind of like if you had an entire book about the Weasleys. Okay. Um, and uh, the way that they do magic could be as commonplace as just talking to things. Like in Howl's Moving Castle, Sophie just talks to cats. And she just talks to things. And it puts magic in them, so they do stuff. Hmm. Okay. And, uh, like in the Crestomancy books, 
uh, they just say, you know, like the the kid picks up the the hair that's for his mom's hair, and he's like, "What is this?" And she's like, "Oh, it's hair for patting out my hair." And he's like, "Oh, I thought it was a dead rat, and somehow it was a dead rat." <laughs> awesome. That's <laughs> just how it works, and so I always wanted my magic to work that way. So. Moving right along from Dead Rats, mm-hmm. what's your favorite book? And I know this is like asking what's your favorite child, but, you know, try and pick one. Um, I know everybody always says, like, Lord of the Rings or Narnia at this point. And so I went, you know what, I'm going to say something completely different. I mean, I keep mentioning Diana Wynne-Jones, but her book, The Merlin Conspiracy, is Ooh. so good. Oh, my gosh. There's there's just so much stuff in it that's like brain candy. Like the part with the elephant that is, she talks, and she's like completely resistant to magic. Or the place where they go to the guy's world that he's built out of pieces of other worlds. And so like the grass will be different colors because it's in chunks, and the sun has like a big part and a little part jammed together. And the ocean has different pieces of the colors are different. And it's like... Oh, I wish I'd thought of that. That's the best idea ever. <laughs> nice. So, wow. that's one of my favorites. So, that does look fascinating. <laughs> it does sound fascinating. Hint, it's book two. If you read book one, it's even better. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kessie, what's something that surprised you most about being an author? Um... When readers find meanings in my books that I didn't know were there. <laughs> yeah. Nice. That people are like, did you really mean to say such and such? About what the theme of book yeah, because people be, did you mean to say such and such? I'll be like, no, did I say that? Really? <laughs> I, I don't remember. I mean, okay, though. <laughs> like, like uh, like one of my fanfics, I had a friend who like dissected the entire boss battle, talking about, did you realize that you had this entire resurrection story picture of Jesus? And I'm like, they were killing a giant monster in space. No, I didn't get that out of it, but okay, if that's how you want to read it. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So, oh, because they killed it by by smashing its head and he's like it was like they crushed the head of the serpent and I was like really? Okay. That was the only way I could figure out how they could kill it. But alright. Huh. You, you can okay. you can read that into it. <laughs> nice. Oh yeah. Has everybody seen that uh Facebook meme going around? What your literature teacher says says it means, you know, the curtains were blue meaning the the character was depressed and blah 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 blah. But the real all the curtains were blue. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's how it is. <laughs> One of my beta readers is an English teacher, and so she's always telling me this kind of stuff. <laughs> oh, that that nice. must be interesting. <laughs> yeah. If you had to choose one piece of advice to give any aspiring writers, what would it be? Um, there's a story about a teacher in a pottery class, and the teacher told the students, uh, well, he divided the class into two, and he said that for their final grade, 
One half of the students would be graded on making the single most perfect pot they could make, and they had the entire semester to do it. The other half of the class, they would be graded on how many pots they could make. They could be crap, but they had to make a bunch. And so by the end of the class, the people who had made the huge quantity of pots, their pots were better in quality than the people who had spent the entire semester making the one perfect pot. Hmm. And it's such a perfect example of writers. you got to keep writing stories, and you're allowed to write crap. And the more you write, and the more you study, and the more you practice, the better you're going to get. And you're going to improve faster than if you have the one book that you work on for years. And, you know, you get these people like, like the person who wrote The Goldfinch. What did he work on it for, like 15 years? And produce this masterpiece that's the most, the book that nobody has ever finished on Kobo. Everybody <laughs> checks it out, but nobody's, nobody's finished reading it. Hmm. So, uh, write, make lots of pots. They're allowed to be sucky, but you're going to get better at them. <laughs> and that's my advice. Don't show anybody the bad ones. That's exactly right. You don't have to show them the bad ones. Yeah. That's another profound piece of advice. Okay. What would you like to accomplish next? More than just a book, what's a long-term personal goal where your career is concerned? Um, I would like to earn a comfortable income from my books, and I want to write books that I love. I haven't found that balance yet, but I will. <laughs> I'm just going to keep making pots. Yep. <laughs> so I find the ones that people like. Yep. So where can our listeners go to learn more about you and your work? Uh, my blog is kmcarolblog.wordpress.com. I don't have a domain yet, but I'll get one. I'm not going to mention Netraptor. And no, Netraptor.org has been converted to this because I'm trying to turn it into my name. Um, uh, and then uh, I'm on Facebook as KM Carol Author, and I'm on Twitter as uh, just Netraptor01 because I can't change my Twitter handle and I've had it for so many years. But okay. That's where I am on the internets. All right. Well, thanks so much for coming and hanging out with us tonight, Kathy. We really yeah. had fun. Thanks for having me on. This has been another episode of Lasers, Dragons, and Keyboards. Have a question or comment? Email us at lasersdragonskeyboards at gmail.com. Our music is Flight of the Beast, Loop 1 by Jonathan Gear. Lasers, Dragons, and Keyboards is copyrighted under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. This means if you're not for profit and you want to quote us, please be sure that you cite us. If you are for profit, please get our permission first. You can find us at lasersdragonsandkeyboards.wordpress.com for detailed show notes, as well as on facebook.com. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you next time. So long, and thanks for all the fish. <laughs>